0: Welcome back once again to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and I hope you guys are having a lovely day. We've got two main subjects we're going to be discussing today, but before I get into that, there is something wrong with my left eye. You may notice it. It's a little puffy and red. I've got some medicine in it, and hopefully everything is going to be okay. First of all, we have to discuss the latest revelations coming out of the Durham investigation and more specifically, the trial of Michael Sussman, the once-darling lawyer working for Perkins Coy and representing Hillary for America, and of course, by de facto, Hillary Clinton's own wishes. Then we're going to be discussing the latest pandemic that seems to be shoving down the throats of Americans and people all over the world. I'm sure everyone here remembers Event 201, that tabletop board game for the elites and the world economic forum and the bill and melinda gates foundation where they predicted just incredibly that there would be a novel coronavirus that would strike out around the globe and become the next great pandemic well what would you say if i told you they did it again that's right the latest pandemic they're telling us to be wary of uh seems to have the exact same playbook we're going to go over all of this and more so do me a favor sit back relax grab your popcorn and we're going to be right back after this Well, it looks like a popular video conferencing app is getting sued in an $85 million settlement after they broke their privacy rights for their users. You see, millions of the users on this platform joined together to file a class action lawsuit after it was learned that this company had sold their users' data to social media companies. And this is why I'm such a huge fan of Virtual Shield virtual shield keeps users anonymous online when virtual shield is running internet activity is encrypted and that keeps hackers and data tracking corporations at bay even isps can't get around virtual shield this way you won't hear about your data being sold on the news but get this virtual shield has a strict no log policy and zero hidden fees and it's fast and secure i personally let virtual shield run in the background of my computer all day imagine how much safer you'll be online with virtual shield 2. If you've been looking for a way to browse the internet anonymously, you're gonna love Virtual Shield. And right now, they're offering 50% off to all my subscribers for life. That's right, 50% off for life, only for my subscribers. If you sign up today, you'll also get a 30-day free trial for the next 24 hours by going to virtualshield.com forward slash redpill78. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around. So first of all, today, we're going to be discussing the brand new pandemic that's sure to hit a neighborhood near you, and that would be monkeypox. Now, I want you to go back in time just a couple of months and tell me if you remember this story right here. There is an update now to a story from central Pennsylvania. This one involves monkeys on the loose after a crash. We're not making this up. There were 100 monkeys on a truck that crashed. Four of those monkeys got loose, according to police. And this morning, all but one of the monkeys have been located. Officials say no one should attempt to look for or capture the animal. The crash happening in Danville, Montour County, along Route 54 just last night. So when this story first debuted back in January of this year, it seemed just a little bit too convenient. A hundred monkeys bound for a CDC research laboratories that were uh, apparently crashed in the Pennsylvania countryside and set free so that people could come into contact with them. And of course, people did come into contact with them. Uh, but it just seemed a little too perfect. You know, the whole COVID-19 thing was winding down and people weren't really taking it seriously anymore because we've obviously uh, been able to successfully develop some really effective prophylactics and treatments outside of any of those mRNA vaccines or clot shots. But the fact that these monkeys suddenly just appeared on the scene, it made me start to think, well, it turns out that other people were thinking about it too. Here's a clip from Bill Gates back in February. February of 2021. And is it possible that COVID-19 could be the last global pandemic? Well, certainly there will be more pandemics. The in ways that humans interact with other species, these viruses are coming across a species barrier whether it's from bats or uh, monkeys or but you don't- uh, monkeys. There you have it. Bill Gates predicting another pandemic, this time suggesting that monkeys might be the cause of it. So clearly it appears that they were laying the groundwork for the public conversation about monkeys and contractible diseases that could be given to humans by monkeys. But that's not the only way they were laying the groundwork. Of course, Bill Gates predicted before COVID-19 popped off that it was going to. And then, of course, we also had Event 201 back in October of 2019, just prior to COVID-19 popping off all across the world. Once again, a tabletop board game put together by some of your favorite players, the World Economic Forum and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And I'm sure that the World Health Organization had a hand to play in all of this, too. This laid the groundwork saying exactly what they were going to do because we know this because it ended up happening very quickly thereafter. And again, laying that groundwork for the monkeypox outbreak that we now see around the world, they did it again. Back in March of 2021, there was another Tabletop board game just like this. Let's take a look. This time, a group called NTI partnered with the Munich Security Conference to do the exact same thing they did for Event 201. They predicted this brand new pandemic that we see right now. Now, this was released, the report, back in November of 2021, but the game itself took place in March of 2021. Now, what is really fascinating about this is that it's not just an outbreak of monkeypox. Monkeypox has been around for a long time, primarily uh, relegated to the African subcontinent, but there have been uh, a few outbreaks here and there. But never before have we had a global outbreak of monkeypox. Monkeypox, and in much in the same way that COVID nineteen was a novel, never before seen strain, the monkeypox that we're seeing right now is also a novel, never before seen strain. But also, very, very strangely, they predicted that the outbreak of monkeypox would happen. Exactly at the moment that it did, they predicted an attack would take place on May 15th of 2022. And lo and behold, that's the same week that everything starts popping off here in the United States and abroad. Uh, This is a very strange scenario, but it's not all that strange when you know that the elites like to tell us everything they're doing ahead of time. Now, even more strangely than that, there is yet another connection to COVID-19 here. Let's take a look at that. So just remind me, where was it again that this novel strain of COVID-19 erupted from? Oh, yeah, it was the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where the United States government was funding gain-of-function research. Well, oddly enough, it appears that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was also experimenting with none other than, drumroll please, monkeypox last year and we learned about it because there was some published research that was put out in a prestigious journal entitled Virologica Sinica. This is an international journal that presents cutting-edge research on different and novel ways that they can kill us using viruses and gain-of-function research. Well, in February of this year, we have this recent gain-of-function research project that was performed by scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It was done in August of 2021, while the COVID-19 pandemic was still raging. Uh, and this is yet another odd coincidence that it would appear we have a connection directly to the same laboratory that unleashed a pandemic on the world back in late 2019. And here in 2022, the exact same scenario was happening. You know what else is very odd is that that was just before the most important election year in American history, 2020. And now what do we have here? Yet another very important election election year with the midterm elections where Democrats are set to lose power in every single branch of government. And the Republicans are going to sweep in in a giant red wave because Americans are sick and tired of the way they've been treated. I want to tell you guys a story this morning. I got a call from a friend of mine who shortly after the election in 2020 came to me and said, yep, Americans chose Joe Biden. Nobody likes Donald Trump because of the way he talks. His tweets are mean, and I don't like the way he talks about women. And I said, Man, you need to do a little bit of research to understand exactly what's really happening here. He didn't believe me at that time. He said that it was all because Donald Trump was a bad man and he was destroying the country. Well, this morning he called and he said that I was right about everything and that from here on out he's gonna be voting Republican no matter what. I said, Well, you gotta be careful you don't vote for rhinos. Unfortunately, there are a lot of bad Republicans out there in the same way we have bad Democrats, but at least he's going in the right direction. And I I think that this is reminiscent of what's happening all across the country. People see that Joe Biden and his ilk have destroyed America in very short order. And I think that Americans are also going to be keyed into exactly what's happening here with yet another pandemic on the way. Now, of course, Joe Biden is out there warning people about the dangers of monkeypox. And the United States government has purchased something like 13 million doses of a brand new monkeypox vaccine. But he says that we all need to be concerned about it while he was meeting with South Korean leaders. And you can bet that if it does spread around the country, they're going to use it as an excuse to reenact all of those COVID-19 voting uh, laws that they put into place unconstitutionally, which allowed them to steal the election back in 2020. I hope that people are more aware this time, that people are willing to stand up against the draconian rules and restrictions that they put into place last time. In other Western nations like Belgium, we now have 21-day quarantines for people who have been diagnosed with monkeypox. And the very first case of monkeypox in the United States happened in uh, Boston because the infected had apparently traveled to Canada, uh, got infected, and then came back to the United States. Now, considering the fact that they traveled to Canada, you can bet that they were double vaccinated and boosted. And I and I do want to say this, you know, the uh, physical symptoms of monkeypox seem to be very closely aligned with shingles. And shingles is one of those side effects that you can get from receiving one of those mRNA clot shots. So uh, the uh, the argument is open here. We don't know whether or not these people are coming down with a uh, new lab-developed strain of monkeypox or if they are simply uh, the recipients of the mRNA clot shots and these are the side effects that they're seeing now. Uh, but all of the countries where we are seeing people coming down with it, they certainly do have uh, very strict vaccination rules in place. So I guess what I'm going to say is if you are an unvaccinated individual, it's probably likely that you're not going to come down with monkeypox. And if they do start taking 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 our rights and our freedoms away once again, we're going to have to stand up and be a lot louder this time around. Alright, and just one more final note about monkeypox. Now I actually reported on this about a week ago on Occam's Razor. Uh but finally the World Health Organization has actually spoken out about it themselves. This is coming from the Epic Times, but monkeypox is primarily spreading via sexual contact, and even more specifically via male-to-male sexual contact. So it's being seen more frequently in homosexual circles. Now monkeypox itself is not a sexually transmitted disease, but it's close human-to-human contact that's spreads it. So this is another instance where I guess traditional family values is going to serve you better. If you're a person who is in a committed relationship where you're not going around and, uh, you know, spreading your your body and your fluids with people that you don't know, then it's a lot less likely you're going to become a monkeypox victim. So uh, continue to do what you do. But if you love your wife or your husband, stay with them and make sure that you don't go out and spread monkeypox through uh, unprotected sexual contact with people that you don't know. And moving on to the trial of Michael Sussman, on Friday, we saw the conclusion of James Baker's testimony, and we also had testimony from Robbie Mook. Robbie Mook, of course, was the former Clinton campaign manager for the 2016 campaign season. The testimony of Robbie Mook was particularly explosive, but in the conclusion of Baker's testimony, we learned that Sussman never told James Baker that he had went to the New York Times already with the story of this discredited uh, plot between Alpha Bank. And the Trump campaign, uh, that was uh, enough in and of itself to show that there was a layer of subterfuge going on. But in Robbie Mook's testimony, it was revealed that he, John Podesta and Jennifer Palmieri had actually made the decision to take this story to the media in an effort to feed the investigation at the FBI. But what was really a revelation was that we learned for the very first time that Hillary Clinton herself had personally put the seal of approval on the reveal of this info to the media. Let me repeat that. This is the very first time that Hillary Clinton has been revealed to have a direct connection to this Trump Alpha Bank fake news story and to push it to the mainstream media in an effort to put her in a better position to win the election in 2016. Of course, that did not work. And Hillary Clinton a jealous and bitter old woman. Now, what I'm seeing here with the information being pushed out, drip, drip, drip to the public and under oath by people who work directly for Hillary Clinton is John Durham uh, directly seeding all of this truth out into the public consciousness. These are things that we have been trying to tell people for a very long time. But the uh, Democrats and the rhinos out there who don't want to believe it, and hey, they've been simply listening to Fox News and CNN and MSDNC. But now this is coming out from a, an employee for Hillary Clinton under oath in the trial of a lawyer that was working directly for her who seeded a fake news story with the FBI again to try to destroy President Trump's campaign and stop him from becoming president. This is going to change the perception in uh, the public consciousness of who Hillary Clinton is and just exactly what it was that she was willing to do to win. Don't forget, we have the Igor Danchenko case coming up, and I'm sure that there are going to be a lot more indictments after this. And all of these things are going to build upon each other and lead up to the top of that pyramid. Hillary Clinton being the person at the top of that pyramid. Now, let's go ahead and move on to today's testimony, because Bill Priestap was in the witness stand. All right. And I want to give a big shout out to the real Toria Brooke. She was live uh, truthing the testimony all day today. So what did we learn? Well, Bill Priestamp testified today. And of course, Bill Priestamp is notable because he took part in the mid-year exam. He's also connected to the Alpha Bank investigation as well as Crossfire Hurricane. Now, we were told back in 2018, you may remember this, that Bill Priestap was now a cooperating witness. He was fired or forced out of the FBI. And back in 2019, he testified before Congress as to his role at the FBI and the part that he played in this variety of different investigations into President Trump. And during his testimony today, we also learned that he's testified before a grand jury back in 2021. Now, was that for the uh, Michael Sussman case or was that potentially for another case related to all of these fake investigations into Trump? Only time is going to tell. But Priestamp's connection to a number of different investigations that seem to be designed to destroy President Trump is especially notable considering the FBI's knowledge that this particular investigation, the Alpha Bank story itself, was fake. Now, with that in mind, Bill Priestap testified today about an email exchange that he had between himself and James Baker. And in that email exchange, they talked about their knowledge of a pending story that was coming out at the New York Times about this Alpha Bank investigation and the claims contained in the stuff that Michael Sussman brought into the agency. Now, if they knew that it was fake, why is it you think that the FBI didn't reach out to The New York Times and warn them that what they were about to publish could be potentially fake news and damaging not only to the candidates in this election, but also to the election as a whole? I mean, pre testified that in certain cases, the FBI would have done just that. So the fact that they chose not to reach out to The New York Times in this instance is just a little bit strange, unless, of course, they didn't care about the damage that it might potentially do to candidate Trump or the country as a whole. Arguably, Hillary Clinton is directly responsible for the tens of millions of wasted taxpayer dollars and the years worth of fake news stories that blanketed America and the airwaves, all attacking the credibility of Donald Trump. So in this particular instance, Priestap and his fellow agents could have seriously limited the damage that was done to the country and to this man President Donald Trump, but they chose not to do it. Now, we also learned from internal communications at the FBI uh, that were uh, made by Joe Pienka that he said to a fellow agent, we must investigate the Trump Alpha Bank allegations per Prestap, meaning that Bill Priestap himself was directly responsible for the investigation continuing at the FBI. Now, again, this is despite the flimsy foundation of the information brought in by Michael Sussman. So just thinking about the flimsy nature of these allegations and the fact that it was seemed to be so important that Joe Pienka was forced to investigate it by Bill Priestap. You have to wonder why no one at the FBI demanded an investigation into Hillary Clinton when the Wiener laptop was found to include evidence of crimes against children. I don't know. Kind of strange. Well, we also had testimony from a special agent, Ryan Gaynor. He followed Bill Priestap and he told us that senior leadership at the FBI had put something called a close hold on the material. That means that outside of certain compartmentalized circles, the source of the claims, meaning the Alpha Bank claims, could not be disclosed. So agents investigating the Alpha Bank claims themselves may not have been able to tell that Michael Sussman was actually the source of the Alpha Bank Intel, which, of course, would make Michael Sussman a confidential human source. Now, Gaynor also testified that multiple agents took a look at this data and they concluded that multiple portions of it had absolutely no merit. They knew that it was fake pretty quickly. He also testified that Sussman's involvement alone should have been enough to discredit this information, that it was certainly politically motivated, and that if he and other agents had been aware of where it came from, he certainly would not have been likely to get involved. Now, we also had testimony from an Allison Sands. She is a former FBI agent, and she was lead agent on the Alphabank case. And what's interesting here is that Sands remembered that the initial white paper detailing the allegations about Alpha. Bank actually came from the Justice Department. Uh, it was written by an anonymous third party, but eventually it was revealed that that was David Dagan. David Dagan was one of those uh, Georgia Tech professors that was hired by uh, Rodney Jaffe. And it claimed that there was this, of course, secret communication channel from Moscow to Spectrum Health and then on the dark web. And of course, Trump was in there someplace as well. But her email that she received about this information came on September 9th, 2016. And that wasn't from somebody else at the FBI. That was from the Department of Justice. That was a full 10 days ahead of Michael Sussman and James Baker's meeting where Baker received that intel for the first time. So. Somebody else had already given this information to the DOJ. Now, maybe that was Michael Sussman, maybe that was somebody else, but that email had a list dated September 1st, 2016, so a full eight days before anybody else at the FBI got it, and it appeared from the get-go that it had been compiled by someone with, quote, mental health issues. That was something they testified to. Now, the American companies uh, who were implicated in this data provided by the Georgia Tech researcher to the DOJ and then on to the FBI, they were all all investigated. They were all looked into. There was no criminal activity that was found. Uh, It was all uh, above board and and there was nothing that was even backing up remotely the information in that initial white paper. And it's worth saying also that Alpha Bank hired a number of independent American firms to do their own audits of their infrastructure and internal networks and there was nothing found there either. Now, Agent Sands also testified had she known the source of this data, i.e. an attorney working for the Clinton campaign, it would have greatly affected her assessment of the material in there and that she would have wanted to speak to him, of course. Now, it was highly unusual, also, she said, for the information to be passed off in the way that it was and for the way that it was handled by the Bureau. So, Things stunk to high heaven from top to bottom. So what do we know? We know that Hillary Clinton okayed the release of this information. We don't have testimony saying that she directly told Michael Sussman to bring it to the FBI, but certainly she started the media firestorm. We know that the DOJ had it before the FBI had it, and that Michael Sussman delivering it to the FBI is what really kicked off this investigation with the names that we know from the mid-year investigation and then also the cross Fire hurricane investigation. And we also know that virtually every single person at the FBI who took a look at it realized that if it had come from a source that was connected to the DNC and to Hillary Clinton, then that likely meant that this was a political operation and that there was no there there. So we have the questions now why did the FBI pursue it with the fervor that they did? Why did they choose to not nip it in the bud by telling news organizations that they were about to publish a fake story? And why did they not care that a political candidate was going to be directly affected by the information contained therein? I think the answers to all these things are obvious. It's because the FBI directly mishandled the information that Michael Sussman passed off to them. They did not want Donald Trump to be president. There was already multiple investigations going on to ensure that that might not happen. Uh, And this was simply just another cherry on top that could convince the American public that Donald Trump was controlled by Vladimir Putin. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. Obviously, tomorrow I'm going to be bringing you the latest updates in the trial of Michael Sussman. I've got Occam's Razor at 1 p.m., so look for me and Thomas to be covering it then. And then, of course, Red Pill News later in the day. Whether or not Michael Sussman gets the fullest uh, punishment that's available to him under the law, I believe it is a couple of years in prison, or if he just gets several years probation and gets disbarred, Uh, I think the most important thing to remember here is that the information is coming out to the American public. And the data that we're learning through the testimony of these people in Michael Sussman's trial is leading to additional indictments that we're going to see on down the road. I mean, today was the first time that we heard that the Alphabank investigation first went to the DOJ. But it is Michael Sussman's information, perhaps Rodney Jaffe, who commissioned the Georgia Tech people to write this information up and then it got passed off to the DOJ. Maybe he's going to be the next person that gets indicted. Certainly, I believe he is under criminal investigation by the Department of Justice and uh, by John Durham's special counsel investigation. Only time will tell. We've made it this far and there is certainly justice looming on the horizon. I feel that we've reached a real turning point here in America. So many more people people are awake so many more people are now coming to the realization that they've been played for years and certainly many 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 millions of taxpayer dollars have been wasted and all so that we could have a literal puppet sitting in Washington DC daily destroying our country people aren't going to stand for this much more and november you're going to see it happen in live time all right as always this has been red pill 78 my name is zach payne the corruption detector and this was another edition of red pill news good luck everyone and god bless